Welcome back to the 18th episode of the Hodlers podcast, uh, joined with our beautiful co-host, Tyler, aka NFT Dad. And today we have a, a pretty cool guest. Um, we're joined by Clint Murphy. Clint has grown a following of over 240,000 followers on Twitter, teaching people about money, psychology, and success. You're the founder of The Growth Guide, which focuses on building your brand, well-being, and becoming financially free. Uh, Clint, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Welcome. You okay? Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me, gentlemen. I'm looking forward to a conversation with you on the Hodler podcast. Uh, of course, of course. So starting off to all the viewers and listeners, who is Clint Murphy? What is it exactly that you do? Yeah, it's a, gr a great question because I, I tend to be all over the place <laughs> on, on social. So by day, I'm a CFO of a real estate development company. And in the evenings, I write content for social media. I focus on Twitter. My wife is retired now. She repurposes all of that over to LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok. And next month, we're starting a YouTube channel, which I'm excited about. And I host a podcast, The Growth Guide with Clint Murphy. We interview authors to help people be better, achieve more, become financially free. Yep. And we also issue a weekly newsletter, The Growth Guide, which... Yeah talks about the same three things when i'm not doing that i'm also a father to a 14 and 11 year old boy uh coach hockey for the little guy and and <laughs> the older guy's already outgrown me so I, i'm not coaching him <laughs> in anything but I, I avidly watch his sports and have been with my wife for the last 27 years we started dating when we were quite young so it's been a been a long ride together and excited the idea is to transition from what I do on a day-to-day -day basis to all of these side projects becoming the full-time project. So you're a very, very busy man. Very busy. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to teaching people about financial success and coaching these people, what is like, what, what do you enjoy? What do you get out of this? I, th I think the biggest thing that I enjoy about any of it. I haven't started coaching anyone on the financial literacy side. That that might mm -hmm. be something I write about and I help people through yeah. writing. The coaching, the coaching will be more high level getting shit done. Yeah. The, but in any situation, whether it's the writing, whether it's the coaching, we just finished our first cohort to help people build a brand and grow on Twitter. Mm -hmm. It's just seeing people succeed, mm -hmm. seeing people grow themselves personally, professionally, or financially. Whenever you see anyone do that, you see it, you see the smile on the on their face that it generates. You, you you see the happiness in their eyes. That's the joy is is seeing other people win. That's incredible. When you know the giving back it, it seems to really fuel people in these uh these journeys where it seems like success comes to folks that are, are really comfortable with seeing that joy in others. I'd love to um, capture a little bit from your experience thus far in, in your coaching and, and your work, uh, you know, helping folks change their lives. What are some of the common mistakes you're starting to see? Is there a pattern starting to emerge as you're, you're working with people and getting an idea of what you can do for them or with them? Are there some, some common mistakes that, that tend to pop up on the, the, their journey? Absolutely. <clears throat> And most of these were ones I shared for most of my life. So I have the benefit of being 44, I'll turn 45 this year. And there were probably three major moments in my life 
where I failed in, in a big way. And that failure made me reassess my game and say, what am I doing wrong that led to this failure? So I, I did them out of order, but I'll, I'll break it down to three things. And in the way I like to analyze this and the, the, the way I intend to write a book about it is let, let's realize that we're all basically computers. We're highly evolved computers. And so now let's look at three things. We have our hardware, our software, and our operating system. So the hardware is our subconscious. So we're trained in almost everything we do habitually from the time, from the time, from the time <laughs> we're, from the time we're, we're born. So we're, we're taught scarcity. We're, we're taught that money is evil. We're taught what we can't do. We're taught what our limits are and, and we embody that. So by the time we're in our twenties, we don't even think about the fact that we are our greatest self-limiters. So that's that's the hardware. We uh, have to replace that hardware. We have to understand our subconscious so we can reprogram it and have new hardware to build our foundation on. Then you go to your software. That's your conscious thinking. That's that voice that we let talk to us as if it's the worst roommate in the history of roommates. Like if you had a roommate who talked to you like the voice in your own head, you, you, you would move out or you would evict them in minutes. And, and so the fact that we let ourselves talk to ourselves the way we do is horrible. So that brings us back to negative self-talk, mm -hmm. uh, thinking the wrong thing about other people. So you may say something to me in this interview. And if I let my mind be in charge, it will say, well, well you said this and you must have meant that. And none of that's true. 98% of the time, our mind is wrong. And so learning to shut that off and control our mind so we drive the bus, not some little chatterbox or as, as we call it in Buddhism, not the monkey mind. Mm -hmm. So that's number two. And then you get to the OS. That's number three. And you, you can boil almost anything in life down to three things. Know what you want understand what it takes and do the work day in, day out. Mm -hmm. And when I spent a few years in men's group, what I saw in a lot of the young men was one, no purpose, mm. didn't know their values, no mission. So that, that, that's problem number one. They, they have no idea where they want to go. So they're floating like a ship lost at sea. One of those ghost ships that's just floating on the ocean. So then you go to two, even if they did know what they want, because they've never achieved big things, they don't know how to get from zero mm -hmm. to what I want. And then the third step is doing the work. Mm -hmm. So few people have worked on the, the concept of, of habits, of building a daily system and daily routine. And what I love, we always joke now because anytime any of us talk habits, everyone automatically just says James Clear, Atomic Habits. And it's like, well, you know, some of us have been accomplishing things for decades. The, the book's only a couple of years old, but sure, <laughs> if that's what you want, go read that. That's a beautiful segue. And it's as if you read my next question because the we're, we're going to get into habits. And of course, you've talked about those three main components there with the hardware and the software, your operating system and uh, the monkey mind. And, and of course, you know, these are for fairly, you know, macro ideas, slightly higher level ideas and concepts. Uh, and then now we want to move into this idea of, so what do I do next? And, and in a few minutes, I'd love to dive a little deeper into 
pr practical approaches, you know, to figuring out what it is you actually want. Cause I think there's often a kind of a discrepancy between what you think you want and, and what, you know, if you actually got quiet and really paid attention to your surroundings and, you know, that inner narrative, that inner voice, you might actually find there's something else totally differently that you want uh, that, you know, you've been searching for. So I want to get back to that a little bit later, but for now, uh, habits, strong habits that, that you, you can sort of identify with success and, and making it through this journey towards success. Yeah. And, and, and let's not let that, that line of conversation go because the big thing that, that we'll talk about when we get there is, is the idea of killing our ego hmm. okay. because so much of what we think we want is what our ego wants. It's not what what mm. we want. So we'll come back to that, come back nice. to that for sure. Nice. So, so when we, when, when we look at habits, it's the, the, the main thing we want to get across to people is to figure out once you know what you want in, in your starting is if, if you've never done anything and you've never achieved big goals, we want you to build what we'll call your get shit done muscle. So to build your get shit done muscle, you have to start as small as possible. Hmm. And, and for what some people, what that may look like is an exercise where every day for 30 days, you get up and you have a spot on your wall. And at the exact same time, every day you stare at it for 30 seconds. So super simple. But what you're doing is you're training yourself that you are now someone who can do something consistently. Hmm day in, day out. So then the next day you're like, Hey, the next month, every morning I'm going to get up at six 30. I'm going to have my shoes on at the door. Hmm. Great. Next month. I'm going to, I'm going to take that a step further. I'm going to walk around the block mm -hmm. and you just slowly start to build that muscle. And the idea is always consistency. You're always maintaining that streak 30 days in a row. I did something hmm. and it's, going for a, for a five-minute jog, one-minute walk, five-minute jog, one-minute walk. And it's crazy, but a year later, you're running a marathon. Hmm. Like it, it goes slow until it goes fast. And then what you, what you get from that is when you've built that habit and you've built it up and you've trained that you are someone who can build habits, now you can add on more complex habits. You could say, hey, I'm going to be a person who reads a book a week. I'm going to be a person who eats more vegetables. Whatever you want it to be, embody that I am going to be the type of person who does this and then do it consistently day in, day out. Sometimes, you know, you're going to miss hmm. and that's fine. Bring in the concept of daily-ish. You know, you're doing it daily-ish. And if you mm -hmm. miss, focus on not missing that second day in a row. Mm -hmm. Use the two-day rule. If if you miss once, that's fine. If you miss twice, now now you're you're starting to kill the habit. That's and cool. So for mm -hmm. yeah. for me me personally, I, I think it ties to having ADHD and not having like a dimmer switch. It's mm -hmm. sort of I'm a I'm an on-off type guy. Yeah. So for me, it's I use streaks. So I'll, I'll work out every day for X amount of time. And then the downside is when I stop, it's like, oh, months later, I'm like, oh, I got to get back on that. Yeah, or I'll run, run every day for one and a half years. And, and, and 
those streaks allow me to maintain consistency for long periods of time. So for me, it's streaks. That's great advice. And I think, you know, as you're describing that, I'm, I'm thinking through, you know, the, the Atomic Habit, Habits book and, and you know, 1% change and these little things that we've been, you know, we want to change gradually. Then, then I was thinking about a conversation Leon, Leon and I have had around the millions of things that we're, we're doing. So we have these lives where we're spilling, spinning, you know, gosh, a million plates. We're trying to achieve all these things. And you get a certain distance down, you know, months, even a year into, you know, quite a, a full um, set of habits. But then something starts to, you start missing something like what's there. You start to kind of get, you know, the motivation starts to um, wane. And, and I think your point to streaks, <laughs> you know, once you already, perhaps for our listeners, maybe some of you that are, you know, feeling that you might have, um, gosh, what is it where, where you're sort of frozen by, you've got, you're not sure what to do. Um, you kind of, so you can do, do nothing. I think, you know, just start, start little might resonate best with them. But for our listeners, perhaps that have really filled out lives already, you know, I think your point around, um, you know, a streak trying to get, you know, if it's, you'll notice when you're not doing those things that when you did them, you were much more effective and being able to be reflective and, and pick up on that and, and pick yourself back up. I find at least for me, I'm, I, I've got, I have three young kids and, and a couple businesses on the go. And, um, there are times when I'm like, how do I, I'm, I can't do it. I'm done. I'm cooked. Um, <laughs> and really you just get through those moments where you just get up, find your coffee, you know, hopefully not something stay away from the phone for a few minutes, you know, first off in the day and then, and then you can, you can move on. So those are, those are the things that resonated with me. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to habits, what do you think it is that limits people from creating habits? Cause I've been a victim of this myself. Like I've like, right. Okay. Tomorrow I'm going to wake up early. We're going to do this, do this, do this. And it just falls apart. Like what, what do you think it is? Is there a common thing? Absolutely. It comes back to that, that first part, of the simple three-part equation, know what you want. So more often than not, when, when you look at a habit, a lot of the researchers say there's two key things to form a habit. One, the juice of getting to the end is worth it. It's worth the squeeze. Or the pain of not getting there is so bad you need to get there. So if you don't have one of those two things, and this one is really, you want it. That's the, you want it. So if you don't have those two, th one of those two things, you're not going to do the habit. Mm -hmm. So when you say, I want to wake up at 630 to, let's say, work out. Why do you want to work out? Mm. Right? We've, we've got to get yeah, to the yeah, why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. right? It, it can't be, I want to work out. I've, I spent a, a week, a couple weeks ago, working, uh, learning how to do high ticket sales and offers. And some of the guys that were there were fitness accounts. And walk, watching them go through the examples, you know, talking to me. And I say, well, you know, like I got a little extra belly fat. And, and they don't, they don't hit, hit on the belly fat. They say, how does that make you feel? Hmm. You know, how does your wife look at you at night? Do you think people at work have less confidence in you? How does it feel to not have that confidence at work? How's that affecting your earnings? And like they're digging the knife in. Mm -hmm. And now, now I'm like, shit, I got to pay you guys to help <laughs> me lose weight. Like I have to mm -hmm. because I want to feel confident at work. I want to make more money. I want my wife to look at me with those eyes that say I want you. Mm-hmm. 
And so you, when we say we want to do something, you have to go through that exercise yourself. Mm. Yeah, of course. You yeah. have to really, like, you have to high ticket sell yourself. Mm. You have to be like, oh, if I want to pick up this habit, what's the juice? What am I going to get out of it? And mm. dig into that emotion. So you're like, if I get up at six and I work out, I'm going to get this, 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 and this. Put that on the wall. Now you're waking up. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, that hit deep, that one. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. Tomorrow I'm waking up at half five. We're going for it. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to remember that. Um, okay. Switching it over a little bit uh, now. And we're going to go over to like uh, the importance of networking, actually. And I wanted to talk to you about networking in general. Um when it comes to success in all areas, how important is it networking with people? And can you also give us some like tips and tricks, I guess? Um, I found like LinkedIn. LinkedIn, I started like a month ago and that has been an absolute gem. Um, like making my profile look good and just just messaging people. And I've had so many replies from like really big people. Uh, that's been my little gem that I've discovered re recently. Mm -hmm. Have you got any? Absolutely. So, so networking whether it's you want to grow a social media brand you want to grow a mm -hmm. podcast you want to grow a newsletter or you want to grow your career networking is the number one thing that you need to do and so people don't realize that they look at linkedin they look at twitter they look at instagram and they think oh content i just have to put out good content if you put out good content it goes into the ether no one sees it you need people to engage with it how do you get people to engage with it? You have a circle of friends who engage with your content when you engage with theirs. So that's one thing. How do you build that circle and how do you make it the right circle? That's the networking. And so what that looks like is one, ne never go in with never go in with never go in with the sale. Right? You're never reaching out to these accounts to sell them. You're reaching out with the idea that you want to you want to establish a relationship because there's someone whose content you like, who, who, whose message you like, who you resonate with. And so you want to have a conversation. And so what, you, what, what you're usually doing is some of the easiest ways to do it are, are the compliment lead-in. Hey, saw mm -hmm. this post, made me think of this, really appreciate it, thanks. You just leave it at that. Usually you'll get a reply. One of the ways to get that reply is to seed it. So there's two things you can do. If there's an account, let's use Twitter as an example. If there's an account you really want, what you can do, there's a tool called Circle. It'll show you who their circle of influences are. You can look at that circle of influence. You can see where it intersects with yours. And you can start to work your way into their circle without going direct to them. So yep. now they're, they're popping on their friend's timeline. Right, I'm I'm popping on Leon's timeline and I'm seeing NFT dads commenting there, and then mm. I'm like, oh, now I'm commenting on it, commenting on NFT dad, and yeah, Leon's like, like oh, hey, I've seen that guy commenting on me and him, oh, and my other friend Ted and Jim and Jane, huh? We're in the same circles. Now, when I send you that complimentary DM, you've seen me ten times on your feed, on someone else's feed. And every time you comment, you add value. Number one rule of any social media, add value to the person. 
in your comments. So then when you when you send that complimentary DM, all, you're like, you feel like you know me because I'm in your circle. And so then the conversation starts. And then you, you see where the conversation goes. You don't go in with a mission to get it to be a sale or, or, or be somewhere. And, and down the road, something happens. And you're like, hey, hey, I think there might be an opportunity. You know, do you want to engage with each other's content? Or do you want to join us on our podcast? Seems like we have mutual interests. Boom. Relationship. And going back to that high-ticket sales course in Florida, there was 14 of us. We were all from Twitter. I'd never met these guys in real life. I wasn't even really going to learn high ticket sales. I was going to meet people hmm. that I built relationships with in the DMs. I was willing to pay a couple grand to go take a course from a person who I really respected for their social media game and to meet them. And I was meeting a business partner who I've launched a course with and I've never met him in real life. I've talked to him almost every day for a year and a half where we have two or three courses and things we work on together. And that was the first time I met him. How did we meet the DMS when we both had a thousand followers or less? Like it just, it's magic. Yeah. That's, that's like me and Tyler actually. So me yeah. and Tyler, we've never met each other. Uh, Tyler's in Canada. I'm in the UK. We've never seen each other. Um, I actually reached out to Tyler probably what a year ago now must yeah. have been uh, over on TikTok because he was creating TikTok about like uh, NFTs and crypto and again like personal development reached out to him I was like hey I don't know I don't even remember the first message I just reached out to you and we started talking we we're like should we start a podcast like yeah. yeah sure why not and there we go we're on episode 18 it's been a while we've been on and off <laughs> with a podcast but it was trying to get into like a solid rhythm now uh, yeah. and turns out Tyler might be moving to the UK this year um, so <laughs> I'm I'm going to see you for the first time, which is crazy. Yeah, um, and that's all through networking, which is yeah. super super cool. And you started um, out with a compliment, actually, Leon. That that was what it I? was. It's something to do with uh, I think the sound quality, or I, I I had a friend helping me with editing. There was, you started with with kindness, which I think uh, it was great. And then of course, when people ask me, "Hey, do you want to do something?" and it's a hell yes, you know what I mean. I've kind of got this little rule going on where. It's a hell no or it's a hell yes. I'll yeah. use other words sometimes instead of hell if I'm feeling a little more, you know, <laughs> it's a bit early still. My coffee hasn't kicked in, but uh, it, uh, it's one of those things that I've lived by for the, since actually around the time Leanne and I uh, connected and it's completely steered my life into a totally new direction. A scary one, but, uh, and, and, you know, extremely fun, but it's all about everything that I do from the morning I wake, the, mom the moment I wake up in the morning uh, until I go to sleep are things that I've chosen to put in front of me. Um, doesn't make it easy. It's still a pile of things that are like, <laughs> you know, uh, hard to keep all going. But I, I, these things, I, I, I believe I thoughtfully put in front of me on purpose. So, yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. Th that right there is something that needs, needs like deep dives for people is, is choice in intentionality. Mm -hmm. You're, you have decided that you're going to live a life that you want to live mm -hmm. and you're in control. Not enough people. I mean, we joked before getting on the air that we would talk about the matrix. And one of the, one of the people that was with us in Florida, 
he he's one of the most impressive people I've ever seen on social media. He has growth on almost any platform dialed in. You know, he's jumped over to jumped over to TikTok. He he's growing like wildfire there. He's at four fifty on Twitter, uh, hundred and fifty on Instagram, and he, he's just like he's a scientist with the analytics and, and how he does it. But he looks at life a bit the same way as I do. Whether we're in a matrix or not, life is a it's a video game. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. and and we're and we're in charge. We're at we're at the controls. We get to decide what we do on a daily basis at any point in time. Sure, you're at work, you have to do your job, and you don't have to. You could decide you're just gonna walk out. So if you're there, you're making that choice. But just recognizing the power of those choices and the power of like picture you at a control stick. What do you want to be doing at night? What do you want to be doing in the morning? If you were a Sims character, what would your workout schedule be? Would you be meditating? Would you be reading? What would you be doing to build your skill stack? And then what would you be doing with that skill stack to achieve the life that you want to achieve? And when you start to think of it that way, it gets a little crazy what we can actually do over the course of five to 10 years. It's just absolutely mind-boggling what any of us can achieve and even take it back to three. What we can achieve in three years is pretty insane. Mm-hmm. I always go to the one of um, when I'm feeling like just useless. Um, I always go to the one uh, where it's like, imagine if there's a movie camera on you right now filming your life and you had to go and watch it back. Like, what would you be doing right now? And I'm sat there laying in bed just like on Instagram scrolling. Like, okay, there's a camera on me right now. Let's get up, do something, go to the mm-hmm. gym, work out. And that always that always gets me motivated and gets me hyped up. Uh, so that's the one I live by. Um, I love that. That's cool. Uh, again, another interesting topic now. Um, so networking was huge. Uh, another one is we're going to, this is the, the I'm sorry, <clears throat> the matrix part. And we're going to talk about how all the space is moving so, so fast with technology. Uh, COVID affected us, remote working now. Everyone's doing stuff from home. How do you think that is affecting like the entrepreneurial, like, classic route like now we're seeing kids making money online uh at like the age of 15 16 uh mainly because of um andrew tate bit of a a controversial one but he's blew up this idea of making money online and all these different like agencies and stuff like that how do you think that's affected the traditional route of an entrepreneur pros and cons so, so mm-hmm. one of my favorite topics, because I'm actually, you know, I've, I've talked to both my boys, 14 and 11, and I've talked, hey, you know, I'm I'm growing on Twitter. We have five other mediums, six other mediums that we do. I think we have seven in total. And, you know, would love for you guys, instead of getting a job at McDonald's, why don't you, why don't you become an Instagram expert? Why don't you become a TikTok expert? And I'll pay for you to take courses. I'll pay for you to join engagement groups, whatever, what. You, you know, you do the work, you tell me what courses you want to take, what engagement groups you want to join, and let's figure out how to turn you into a social media person at 14, at 11. Like, mm. le- to, to your point, let, let's mm. get you there so when you're 15, 16, your summer job is growing my Instagram brand, and then you start to grow mm. your own. And th- the reason I see that is when I was down in Florida, there there was two young guys, three young guys there two of them had dropped out of college because they, they felt it was not what they expected in terms of learning and in terms of education, it was more of a party scene. And they thought, 
we can actually learn more by just starting a business. In in watching the approach these young men, I have to be careful because they're they're closer <laughs> in age to my boys, so I always want to say kids. But watching <laughs> watching the approach these guys took to say we're going to find mentors online and we're going to reach out, we're going to pay for courses, we're going to pay for mentorship. And we're going to learn directly from people who have done what we want to do. Mm. And now they're on pace, let's say, to make a million dollars a year this year for the three of them. So it's, you know, 300 and something grand each and, and they have employees. So maybe it's maybe it's 200 each at the end of the day. But I don't know about you guys at 23. That's that's <laughs> pretty nice. That's, that's not, not bad at all. Well. That's not bad at all, right? Like that's Wall Street. Like they're basically Wall Street without the hours because they're loving their life. And they see the path to 10 million. And for me, watching these young guys, I said, I think you're underselling yourself. You've mm. got a hundred million dollar opportunity here because it's not this business. It's everything that you're putting into learning that business. Because mm-hmm. now you can put a manager in charge of that and you can do that with this field, with this field, with this field. So that what the three of you are doing is becoming entrepreneurs and business builders in your early 20s. So your future is unlimited. You're thinking too small. So that's one of the beauties. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it gives you the access to do that. The downside that I would say is there's too many people, there's too many young people who try to cheat. Mm-hmm. So one, I don't like reading a post about 20 things I'm supposed to do in my 30s or 20 things I'm supposed to do in my 40s as a parent from a kid who's 18. Like, like <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's less true. You, you know, you went and read the right stuff on the internet and maybe it's right, but you're an 18 year old kid behind a keyboard who's never lived life. So, so it's not to say that you can't get out of your lane, but a lot of people don't trust someone who hasn't done what they're talking about. And, and to me, I only ever want to be coached by people who have lived experience in the area that they're coaching me. Yeah, that's very true. Like, hey, have you been poor and then you were rich? Okay, well, I'm poor. I want to be rich. I want to talk to you. I don't want to talk yeah. to the frigging guy who 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 grew up uh, with a Harvard parent and was already rich, even if he didn't work. Like, how does he know how how I need to go from A to A to Z? Hmm. But if someone's gone from A to Z, you can learn from them. So I love the idea, and and I think about this all the time because I want I want my boys to have the opportunity to never have to work for someone. So by the by the time I pivot and start doing this full time, I'll also own some businesses, own real estate, mm-hmm. and and I want them to work with me and mom forever, if that's what they want. Mm-hmm. And then I also recognize, let's say they want to start a design business. It's like, well, great. If that's what you want, I will bankroll you. And I think you should go and travel the world and work with some of the best designers for five to 10 years. Learn from amazing people before you start your thing. Because it's very hard to start that thing without that lived experience. So it goes Mm -hmm. back to our equation. Know what you want. Understand what it takes. Yeah, we can get you your own business. We can get there. But go out and get experience from some of the best people in the world, best companies, and take that and then start your own thing. Mm -hmm. Because then you really know 
okay, now I know what I'm doing and I'll, and I'll bankroll you. And, and same with social media because we see so many people just trying to shortcut it and they're like, oh, I'll just chat GBT. It's like, dude, I can, like, I've got a friend. He, he's done 12 book summaries in the last week. It's like, these are, I'm going to message him and say, are, like, stop doing your chat GPT book summaries. Like, they're, none of them are going viral because I think we all know their chat GPT book summaries. Don't go for yeah. shortcuts. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a beautiful segue, and we're weaving our way towards um, you know this this deep dive. We'd love to take into figuring out what it is that you want. But before we arrive at that spot, I, I, I want to um, sort of peel back the layer a little bit on you know this notion of you know a lived life of you know folks trying to you know make extraordinary growth happen in, in a really short amount of time, like really focusing on, I have to do this quick, fast and, and be, you know, all of these things as soon as possible, particularly folks, you know, younger folks that are just kind of hell bent on getting there as soon as possible and see real clout in that. Like they see, you know, they scroll, they scroll, they scroll, they see someone that's 19, 20, 25, they got the Lambos, they got all these things, they've got it all. Right. Um, and I, what I've seen sort of emerge from that is this almost, um, you know, godlike perspective around growth hacking and, and growth hacking, I think is great. You know, uh, Ryan holiday, the books that, that have, he's put out, you know, this idea, you know, AB testing, iterating quickly, uh, referral marketing, you know, SEO email, you know, the, all of the stuff that's kind of, you know, that Dropbox used to get to where they are and so on. People are taking that and thinking like, okay, well, I'm just going to rinse and repeat that. And now, you know, I've got growth hacking pinned down and I can get there super fast. I would love to hear your perspective on, where growth hacking is in the entrepreneurial space, um, where you see it show up in, in, you know, your journey that you're on right now. And, uh, and then, and then let's, let's get, get over to this, figuring out what people want after this question. Yeah. I, I always write that meta is greater than hacks. And what I mean by that, it, so we'll do two things, one meta over hacks and two productive activity over productivity. Got it. And, and so many young people, like they want the hacks, they want to, they want to get ahead, but nothing good or nothing sustained ever happens fast. So you, you want that giant Twitter account. So you just go and buy it. Hmm. Great. But do you have engagement? Do you have people who will buy from you? Can you sell high ticket sales or are you stuck selling retweets for the rest of your life? So how, do, how does what you're doing now play into the long-term game? And if you don't have that long-term vision, you're not going to make the right decisions today. So that's actually more decades over days. And then when you get to meta over hacks, when you like, like the hacks are such short-term fixes, like, oh, four-hour deep block of work. It's like, okay, sure. But the meta is like, fix your, fix your friggin' thinking. Like mm. you have a flawed brain. Work on improving your thinking. Work on, understand how your brain's flawed. Cognitive behavioral therapy, psychoanalysis, shadow work, like get into the nitty gritty of your brain, fix your thinking. That's not quick. Hmm. That's, and, and it's work and it's not glamorous and not many people are writing quick shadow work books. <laughs> it, 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 you got to dig into your psyche. But, but if you fix your thinking versus that, person who's just going for the hacks, but they're still like a dopamine monkey. <laughs> like let, let, let's bet on who's going to win over the next five to 10 years. This person who's, who went, uh, went slow, 
you know, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. They went, they went slow to go fast long-term. This person went fast to burn out and not get anywhere because mm -hmm. they actually weren't focusing on the deeper work. So yeah. I always, I'm, I'm a huge fan. Sure. Layer on productivity later, but the number one thing young, young people should be working on is the deep inner work to, to fix their thinking and fix their subconscious. So th that would be one, my thought on people who chase the chase the hacks. And then, and then you look at like, everyone's so concerned about their productivity, right? Yeah. It's, like, oh, these are all my productivity things. Like I, I wake up, I walk, I meditate, then I take a cold bath and then I do my first four hour block. And then I have my, I break my fast with my keto meal. And then I put on my Muse headset and you're like, holy crow, you're like a robot. But the one thing they never said in any of that was this is the one thing I have to do today. Like I have my five-year plan or my 10-year plan. I broke that down by year. I broke that down by quarter. I broke that down by months, weeks, days. These are the three things I need to do today to get to my 10-year plan. Nice. That's all I want to hear. I don't give a shit about how, pro how productive they were that day. Because, yeah. like, I'll give you an example with a coaching client. He, said, he would send me updates, and I would look at these, and I felt... I got a reasonably large amount of things going on. I felt lazy reaching, reading these updates, like <laughs> lazy. Like this dude was insane in, in all buckets, right? Physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, financial, killing it. And like the update list was like, this is what I've done this month. And I was like, that's the average person's five years. And that was his <laughs> monthly update. I was just blown away. And then, you know, I just kept reading it. And I'd reach out to him and I'd say, hey, you came to me and you said this was the one thing. Like, this was the one thing you want. And you've just sent me a, a, a one-page update of your month. And I'm blown away by the volume and productivity you had. The workouts, the books you read, the podcasts you listened to, the courses you took, <laughs> the interactions with your kids, the interactions with your wife, what you did at work what you did for your workouts, blown away. But you didn't do anything for the one thing. Hmm. And that's why you're here. You, you said you want to stop working. You said you want to start a business. That's your one thing. In this entire page of productivity, there was zero productive activity towards hmm. the one thing. And how many people do you know that are doing the hacks, talking to you about being busy, sharing how productive they are, and they aren't doing anything to march to that five-year goal? Like everything I do is to my five-year plan. That's it. Like sometimes I'm, I'm getting a little heavy, not happy. But I'm doing that because I'm marching to my five-year plan as the priority. And so you can't hack that. Hmm. That hits. That hits hard. I love that. That's amazing. Wow. Um, now, how, Clint, how, do you, how can we steer this? Um, and I think it's already kind of headed there and it's interconnected towards 
what is what do you want? What do you actually want? And and then now let's let's do that beautiful work back you've described there from ten to five and you know kind of uh, deconstructing everything to to be really intentional about how each day goes. How do we how do we how do we tie in this idea of figuring out you know what you think you actually want? Yeah, it's 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 so powerful and, and it's you know we can zone in on two things. We've got the micro and we've got the macro. So like the micro is simple things like you reach for the beer or you reach, for, you reach for, for drugs or you, you, you reach for that extra pint of ice cream or, or you want that shiny new car. And then you just, you start to do the work, sit, sit in a dark room, get some silence, meditate and ask yourself before you do it, like, well, what am I actually reaching for? Like, what do I, what am I trying to avoid or what void am I trying to fill? Hmm. Like, do I want to get high because I want to get high or do I want to get high because I had an interaction at work that made me feel like that seven-year-old boy who would get shit on my mom? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not saying don't go get high. (laughs) And, And I wrote a Twitter thread that went pretty crazy viral on, not even a thread, it was just a tweet. Like before you reach for the drugs, the alcohol, the Netflix, the, just ask yourself, what am I trying to escape? Hmm. Because for most of what we do, we're either programmed to do it or we're programmed to avoid it. So we build, co- we build coping mechanisms, right? And those coping mechanisms serve you as a kid. I had a guest on the podcast once and he gave me the best example. He's like, when I'm a little kid, I want my mom to hug me. Like when I'm a baby, I want my mom to hug me so I – I take a shit in my diaper and my mom comes over and she's like, Oh, like I'll hug you. He's like, that totally served me when I was in it, when I was a baby, doesn't really serve me as an adult. So <laughs> figure out what those coping mechanisms are and then turn them and say, well, what do I want them to be? Like, how do I actually want to deal with these things? So that's on the, on the micro level, on the macro level, I think you have to do, you have to do the deep work. You have to understand, do the deep work to understand what are my values? What is my purpose? And, and what I like to share with a lot of people is, is you look at examples of well, what are you actually good at? What are your strengths? Mm-hmm. You know, look at, look at I- 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 Ikigai, the Japanese concept, mm-hmm. the intersection of what I'm good at, what I love to do, what people would pay me for, what the world needs. And when you get to that intersection, like you can work 18 hours a day and you're like, I love life. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a key thing right there. Like, what do you two do and you lose track of time? You skip meals. Your, 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 your wife or your parents are like, hey, like, you know, get out here. Like, dinner's been, it's cold. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, mm-hmm. I, I really got absorbed in what I'm doing. Or, you know, use the, use the dog in a tennis ball example. There's some things in your life that you put them down. And then a couple of years later, like, oh, I really miss, you know, I put my guitar down because I didn't have time, but like, I miss playing my guitar. Mm-hmm. You pick it back up and you do that your whole life. It's like, well, that you keep picking it back up because there's something calling you. Mm-hmm. Right. So I like, what do you lose track of time doing? What, what do you always come back to? Talk to your parents, talk, talk, talk to your friends, talk to your siblings. You know, when did you see joy in my eyes growing up? What did you always think I'd end up doing? And just start to explore that. And, and, and then the other one, I like to personally do like a, 
they have the Clifton Strength Finder. Like, what are my strengths? And because I often find that your strengths tie to what you love doing. And so my strengths are, my top three are ideation, competition, and learning. So everything I do now ties to teaching, like learning. I learn and then I share it. Mm. And then ideation, like content creation. So it's like, I'm like, well, that's what I want to do with the rest of my life. That's what I love. That's what I enjoy. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do it. And so, so when you do that, then, then like th this can be scary for a lot of people go to a silent retreat, spend, spend five or six days and meditate on it. Right. Like no electronics. You're not even allowed to make eye contact with people. Like you just, you just stare at the ground <laughs> and then you meditate for like 10 hours a day. It's like a lot of shit goes through your mind and you start to really, you know, you're not, you're, you're supposed to be focusing on your breath, but, but like go there with a mission, be like, I'm going there to figure out what I want. And I'm going to ask myself questions. You just meditate on those questions for like eight hours a day without talking to someone you leave with some answers. Mm -hmm. And you've done this. You've gone away to these retreats for you, uh, and, and I, I did one. Uh, I, the intention was to do it every year. I, yeah. but my first one was uh, January 2020, and then two months oh, wow. later, it was like, <laughs> oh, God. well, I'm, I don't think I'm going anywhere for silent retreats for a while. <laughs> so I haven't, I haven't got back to it, but I do want to. And on that one, I was on massive breakthrough, and it wasn't while I was there, but I kept noodling the same thing, and then I got on the plane, and I, I was like, oh my God, I've been pushing to like be a shareholder at work, be an owner. And I, I haven't, and this comes back to kill your ego. I haven't been doing that because that's what I want. Hmm. I've been doing that because if I'm a shareholder in this business, in this industry, I've won. That's, that's the level. And I'm competitive and I want to win. And so I was pushing for it from an ego standpoint. And I mm. sat on the plane and I wrote down a list of like 10 things, seven. These are the seven things I want to do with my life. And I got off the plane, you know, I, I typed that all up had, and I shared it with someone who was, I've worked with for like a dozen years. So I was like, Hey, which one of these is me, you know, be a shareholder or these seven things. She was like, those seven things, that's your ego. And I was like, holy wow. shit. Mm. <laughs> you know, that like she she knew enough to see the true me and that I was pursuing my ego for a decade. And mm. so as soon as I had that written down and I clarified with work where I was going, it was all right, I'm gonna start building it. So everything I've done, I was like, here's where I want to be in 10 years. I'm gonna bring that back and I'm just gonna take action on a daily basis on these things. And we'll get there. That's cool. Wow. Wow. Uh, fantastic. Okay. So I think we've got um, that that piece covered as much as, well, obviously you dive into that way deeper, but I'd love to uh, spread out. Um, we've got about, I don't know, probably another 10 minutes left here before. I know I've got to dive out, but uh, one thing I wanted to check with you, Clint, in in your journey here is any advice you might have around Let's, let's talk about investing here for a minute. Um, so Leon's quite a bit younger than I am, um, but we have common interests. How would you shift our, our thinking or, or recommend we sort of look at investing from a younger age versus me? I'm in 
my late forties, what would be some things you'd, you'd, you'd share with, um, those two different sort of age ranges where we are in life? Yeah. Number one is it's never too late. So, you know, start. <laughs> you heard it. No, you heard it here. <laughs> no, no, number two is we're never focused on short-term wins. Like there's no get rich quick, you know, like I hold a fair amount of Bitcoin and a, and a fair amount of miners. It's not a get rich. Like I've told my wife it's either zero or it's this much in like five years. And I'm okay with that, but I'm only okay with that because I have a very reasonably, well, I guess large portfolio of real estate that I've built over the last decade. And that's 95% of my assets. So if my crypto goes to zero, doesn't matter. So, but that's only invest in something that's higher risk with the amount of money that you're willing to lose. Mm -hmm. So now let's go back to that young person. I'm going to say, start young as fast as you can, as much as you can, as often as you can, and don't touch it. And when you look at, so I, I wrote a post that went pretty viral on compounding. And I said, if I offered you a billion dollars on March 1st, or I gave you $1. And then every day thereafter, I gave you twice as much as you as, as I had the day before. Hmm. What would you take? And the average person is going to going to take a, a dollar or sorry, the billion dollars. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you take the dollar and you double it, do the dub doubling dollar, you end up with $2.17 billion in 31 days. So you, you look at that and say, where am I making that flawed logic? Mm. It's all about getting the compounding to work for us over a long period of time. You look at, I think it's the 2740 rule. If you save $27 and 40 cents a day, you'll save 10,000 a year, or it might be a, a thousand a year. We'll have to check the math on that. I think it's 10,000. And then if you start saving that much from the time you're a certain age, you have two and a half million by the time you get to 55. So you just start to look at that power of putting the money to work as mm. early as you possibly can. For the average person who doesn't have an informational advantage in any way, I'm going to say just go index funds. They yeah. outperform almost every money manager out there. If you have knowledge and you're willing to do the work, do something different. Do something that has a little more risk. Do something that where you can take advantage of your informational Knowledge. I've, you know, you're, you're a fellow Vancouver, right? Mm -hmm. I have massive room still left in my RSP. I've never put money into my TFSA mm -hmm. and people think I'm crazy there. These are, are for American listeners, our uh, 401ks and our Ross. And I'm, I haven't put money in there because all my money goes to real estate because that's where I feel like I have an informational advantage and mm -hmm. I have an opportunity advantage that the average person doesn't have. So I, over the last decade, I've bought, if, if I include my single family home, uh, nine homes. And wow. that's worked out extremely well in the city that you and I live in. Uh, we're both in Vancouver, BC, which is a high cost of living city. And it's, it's had an incredible decade. And so that's the decade I've been inv investing in real estate here. That doesn't mean that I don't want to put money in index funds. That doesn't mean that I wouldn't if I, if I was young. It's, it's simply, I look at 
even Warren Buffett will say to the extent, like, if you don't do the work, you don't have the knowledge, just put your money in index funds. Right. And, and if you have an informational advantage over the market, put your money where you have an informational advantage. And so that's what I would say to young people is where, where do you have the ability to generate outsized returns because you know something other people don't. Uh, very cool. Very cool. So, so I'd invest in that. And then the number one thing, like Leon, you're, you're probably much younger than the two of us. Like the number one thing you, <laughs> you, you invest on when you're young is yourself. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. in like courses, books, mentors, keep learning and focus on what I like to call rare skills. And then that is going to give you way higher earnings potential because at the end of the day, let's look at the equation to get rich over time, not quick, earn more, spend less, invest it, invest the rest, spend less. We can only spend so little. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you guys. Sure. I like cutting out certain things and I like living a reasonably comfortable life. So there's mm -hmm. only so far I'm going on that one. So then I have to earn more. And how do I earn more? I become more valuable. Hmm. And nothing, nothing on the equation is going to move me. Like, are we targeting a million at 65 or are we targeting a hundred million? Because mm -hmm. you're not getting to a hundred million by saving and investing. Hmm. You're getting there by increasing your value and leverage. Leverage of a business, leverage of employees, leverage of time, leverage of content creation, digital leverage, if you will, leverage of your brand. That is all about investing in yourself and growing your top line earning potential. So number one thing, and this goes back to like what we talked about, I think every young person should be learning how to build their brand on social media mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and become an online expert in something, even if they're going to work for someone else. But are you going to hire the person who is good at what they do, but they haven't demonstrated that necessarily anywhere? Or this person's like the number one online expert at that thing, and you can visually see that they know what they're talking about in their videos, in their content, and hey, they still want to work on 9 to 5 for some reason. That, that, that hits a point with, uh, for some folks getting, looking to get into, you know, really good universities in the States, um, part of the admissions and some of, you know, depending on what it is, uh, like varsity sports or joining teams, they'll, they'll, they'll look at their socials. Like how many followers do you have? What's your, what's your, what's happening with your content? And these are 16 and 17 year olds. And the ones that already have a pretty built out social following, they, they tend to get in. I thought that was pretty crazy how that's evolved. They, yeah. they talk, they talk about it at my kid's school. So they have a, they have they? a school that, that's very athletic for, for Vancouver. Um, yeah. and, and, and Canada uh, as well. Yeah. yeah for Canada. Uh, yeah. It's the most American school I've ever, I've ever seen for sports. <laughs> and, and they tell the kids, Hey, or they tell the parents, Hey, set up your kid's Instagram, um, feed and you own it for their first, you know, grade eight, nine, 10, put all their sports, put all the positives, and have it locked down. And then when they hit this age, unlock it. And you curate it with them and build it to show what they've done. Build their build their brand, build their reputation. And, and maybe they'll get a foot. There's a fair amount of the kids that get football scholarships from the school. 
Yeah. It's crazy how times are changing like that. Like it all used to be about, you know, just university, your degrees, you know, all your certificates, but now it's just completely changing. It's all like, well, in my opinion, it's all changed to experience and what you know and what you've already done. And of course, social media is coming into it now. Um, that's taking a massive, massive turn. So like even the opportunities I've had and I don't really have, I've done like my A-levels, which is sort of like, uh, I don't know what it's equivalent to in like America. It's like basic college uh, but then you got university, which is your top. I've, I didn't go university and I've decided to take on a journey of this, growing a community, growing my social media. I'm not, I'm not doing insanely good. Like my biggest following is uh TikTok with like 40,000 and I like discord has like 17,000. Um, and I'm slowly trying to grow other things as well. But just from that, like just having these followings, I've had so many crazy opportunities come my way just through mm -hmm. social media, which is crazy. I don't have a degree, like social media marketing, uh, analytics and all that stuff. I've just learned all by myself. I don't have like a degree to show, show for it. It's just all experience. Like here, I've managed to build a community of 17,000 people. And just through that, people are like, wow, that's insane. Whereas, you know, 10 years ago or whatever, it would have been, you know, if, unless you have a degree in marketing, we're not, you know, we're not bringing you on. But just through, I don't, I don't know, uh, I guess it's just social presence and proof you can now get anything you want like if i if i went to a i don't know a law firm and said oh probably not law law is a bit a bit straight but uh you know just a typical um business and say here i've got like you know two hundred thousand followers on instagram teaching about marketing they'd be like okay you're hired you know whereas back in the days it used to be completely different that's changed um but now anyway um one last, well, no, this is one last topic and then we'll get to the last question. Uh, let's talk about um, sort of personal development and mental health and also just personal health and how does that affect someone's journey to become a business owner and successful? Yeah, it's so interesting. So, you know, Alex Hormozzi talks about this one a lot and, you know, I, he, he doesn't necessarily say who who wrote it but I, I, I found out the source and I've also found out there's, there's a fair amount of debate about it, but successful people usually require ultra successful people usually require three things, high self-confidence, low self-worth, um, and high on impulse control. So delayed gratification, which goes back to what we've talked about this whole conversation. You have to be willing to, you have to be willing to suck long enough to be good. You have to suck. You have to be good long enough to be great. And, and you're not going, you're not looking to do it quickly. And so Leon, the fact that you're doing what you're doing and you have 40,000, you have 17,000, don't undersell those. Those are actually pretty mm -hmm. amazing at where you're at in your life. And they're demonstrative of where you're going to go. As long as you keep consistent and you do the work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and so, mm -hmm. so you get to that high self-confidence. So you get there by building your get shit done muscle. You've already done hard things. Like, You've run an Ironman, you've run an ultra marathon, you've, you've become a C-suite, you've wrote a book, like the more, start small, but the more you do, the more confident you get. And so when you go to build that social media platform, like you've got 40,000 on TikTok, you've got a 17,000 Discord community. So when you go to Twitter, you're going to go faster. When you go to Instagram, you're going to go faster because you go in, you, here's the thing. We always go faster on the next platform because we've already built our content engine. And we've already learned what works and what doesn't work. Mm. Now we just have to tailor that to the new algorithm, the new platform, but we know how to write. 
we know how to create, we know how to speak because we did that over there. Mm. And so you grow faster. So that's one of the things about being an online creator, being an entre entrepreneur, every next time you're faster. But when you, when you tie it to that physical health and, and mental health, that second one's the deal breaker, low self-regard. So why are we doing what we're doing? Why are we pushing so hard, right? Mm -hmm. I, like I kill myself because when I was young, as much as I know my dad loved me, he would never say I'm proud of you. Mm. So everything I do as an adult is to like make my dad proud of me. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. not as much anymore because I know that and I did the work, but that was the driver for most of my life. And it was mm -hmm. like, well, I'll, I'll kill myself to get that. And what it then does is nothing you've ever done is good enough. Mm-hmm. The ultra marathon wasn't good enough. The marathon wasn't good enough. The first business wasn't good enough. The book wasn't good enough. Being a CFO is not enough. Being a millionaire is not enough. There's always more. There's got to be more because I haven't done it yet. He still hasn't said he's proud of me. Hmm. And so you keep pushing yourself. And, and the downside for, for a lot of successful people is that leads to you're so focused on those things, you let go of the physical health. You're burning out. And mentally, you're getting depleted. So you so you you end up in uh, depressed depressive episodes, or you're in depression, and so that can be really hard. Now take that to con content creation. Oh, we're screwed, guys! <laughs> like all three of us see our analytics every day. Mm. How did I do? How many people liked me? How many mm. followers did I pick up? Did I get comments? Yeah, it's difficult. And in the worst part. Well, how did Leon do? Did Leon grow faster than me? Is his account bigger than mine? Comparing as well, yeah. That's a massive one. Yeah, and like, let's call that one the Kardashian effect. <laughs> Is, you know, I, I, I love what those women have done, but they, they just created, they were the first people to really create this world where you show your best self and you show mm. what you've achieved. And it's like, not... None of us are ever going to hit what they've achieved, but we're all so into watching what they've achieved and into watching what each other have achieved. Mm -hmm. And everyone's showing front of stage. No one's showing back of stage. Like you and I aren't showing when we yell at our kids. <laughs> we're not showing the the shit show of of the living room when they're when they're in yeah. it. We might yeah. show it like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm, uh, we. We, we, we had a maid come in every two weeks and oh, now it's spick and span. Let's get the Instagram. Yeah. Right. Fan, yeah. Right. <laughs> like it's all front of stage. So, yeah, yeah. so we create this world where we're all looking at everyone's front of stage. The three of us are always looking at analytics and, and it just creates this world where like you never feel like you've made it and you're always wanting more. And that can be, that could be a, a burnout and a, and a, and a mental health, killer. So mm -hmm. I, I think for people in our space, you really have to focus on like get a tech fast, have a day off, meditate, you know, do all the things mm -hmm. like meditate, mm -hmm. go for, go for a mm -hmm. walk in nature, drink water. Yeah. Connect with someone in your community, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah comparing has been, I've sort of learned just to just escape the circle and the cycle of just comparing to everyone and like like for example tiktok tiktok's the most 
up and down social media I've ever been on in my life. Like for a week, my videos will do amazing. And then the next week, it'll just be like a slow drought. I'll get no views. And you've just, I don't know, you've just got to move back to the consistency and just, well, every single creator says the same. You just got to stay consistent no matter what. Yeah. If your views are down, it might be your fault. It might not be. It could be the, you know, the algorithm's changing. But if your views stay down, then switch it up, change something, change mm -hmm. the style of your video, you know, your hooks. All, there's so many different, like, like not just the analytics of a video, how you form and structure a video. And like, you know, TikTok is like the attention span is, there's no attention span at all on TikTok. So the first like one, two seconds of your video are critical. If like you can't keep someone for one second of your video, that's it, it's a scroll. So you have to like start punchy. Like, in, yeah, compared to Twitter, Twitter, you can write like a massive paragraph of like a thousand words and everyone will read the entire thing. TikTok's like, you, you like 20 words max. <laughs> like you've got to be so, so, so fast. And if like you're not super, 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 super punchy within the first like one and a half seconds, that's it. It's just scroll, scroll, scroll. Hmm. So it's crazy. And like, it's just difficult um, seeing like all these other creators in the same niche as you just go from zero to 100k followers from like one video and you're there like why on earth aren't my videos getting 3 million views but you just got to be realistic with yourself as well like I'm sat here after a year's year of work just doing one video a day like not putting like well I am putting an insane amount of effort but one video a day and I've done 40k followers like I, that's a pat on the back compared to like this one dude who's you know one video blew up on it it's like his first week on tiktok and now he's got 300k followers mm -hmm. uh, you just got <laughs> it's difficult but you just got to stay realistic with it all um, you're, you're, yeah, uh, qu quick side note for you you're making me think of i i just found out their my son's school their basketball mm. game they had a pretty in, they have a pretty intense rivalry with another local school and i guess the gym was insane at the game they just had a week ago and the photographer who took some video of like our crowd versus their crowd and the chanting like mm. drake has reshared it twice on his no Instagram. way no way <laughs> yeah like so like if you cool. go if you go check out like drake it might still be there because my son showed me it yesterday on and tiktok so, or uh, uh, on uh, instagram he no. shared it on instagram but apparently it's gone for like millions of views on uh, TikTok as well, and it's St. George's versus Vancouver College, and mm. it it was like this to your point, like he just picked up you know thirty forty plus thousand Ooh, off the like video, that. off the video, yeah, and, and it's just two two sets of fans like crazy chanting back almost UK style, right? Where mm -hmm. home team away team, yep, yep, we do a chant, we do a chant, and they're just going back and forth, and Drake, I guess, was like wow, I love this. Like, this is school spirit. And uh, and uh, shared it on his Instagram a couple times. Oh, that, yeah, I found one it. As well. oh, found oh. it. All right, I'm going to watch that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 I, yeah I haven't watched it fully yet. I'll watch it when yeah. I get off here. But yeah, going yeah. back to that, like, I could be going consistent for, let's say, six months, a year, and then just one day I make a video and it just goes boom. And that's it instantly to, like, 200K followers or something stupid like that. So you just got to stay consistent. That's all. Mm -hmm. Just... And, just try not to beat yourself up about getting, I don't know, starting off slow. Like I see all the Twitter guys as well. Like I wrote 7,000 tweets before my first one blew up or before I hit 10,000 followers. And now they're on like crazy numbers. Um, 
yeah, can I anyway. Can I share on that oh, yeah. a little? Cause, yeah, cause go for it. it, go for it. it, it it's huge for anyone who's listening is, is the idea of it goes slow until it goes fast yeah. and, and, and to focus on the process over the results. So we can't control the results. All we can control is showing up, doing our work every day and being consistent. Mm-hmm. And exactly to your point, like my first six months on Twitter, I got to 10,000. Then over my next four months, I added another 15. And then from mm. from from that moment on, it was an average of 20,000 a month for the next 10 months. That's insane. So it's like, it just takes forever to, it, and then a, an account on Twitter, Save Your Sons, who, who's the guy I was rec- uh, talking about earlier, who's just insane at this. He posted like, my first 100,000 took a year. My second 100,000 took, six months my next hundred thousand took this many months my next mm. hundred thousand took a month and it was just like whoa like just that mm. acceleration curve that he's done over the three years that he's been doing it that's where you got to get to but you have to be willing to suck long enough to go go course, and, yeah. get there yeah. with our yeah. podcast with our newsletters with our social media just yeah, keep doing it yeah and uh Actually, that'll tie into our last question. We normally, so this is this is the last, uh, the hodlers question, as we call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll give it a two-part. Uh, we'll start off with, if you could go back to, let's say, a few years ago when you started your journey as with all your self-development, uh, your financial success, all these things, what is one piece of advice you would have given yourself if you could start all over again? Hmm. It's interesting because I always I always tweak it a little because I can't I can't change anything before 2011 when my second son was born because I look at it and say well I can't not have those two so if I go <laughs> if I go back you know 11 years what would I have done differently one I would have gone on social media much faster uh, so yeah. mo- for for some of us like I'm 44 social media wasn't there when I was in my 20s. Uh. Mm-hmm. Like was Twitter there when I was 40? Yes. Was it there when I was 30? Maybe. So mm-hmm. like how far back could I have gone and done what I've done now? You'd have to look at that and say, but regardless, I would have started on social media faster. I would have sought to understand that faster. Then outside of the social, I would have fixed my thinking quicker, both the deep unconscious and the conscious. I, I would have done that hardware software fix sooner. And then the last one would be, I would have bought even more real estate than I did. <laughs> and uh, with any leftover change, I would have bought more Bitcoin and I would, and I would have sold at 68. There you go. Oh, yeah. Jesus. And then bought more now. Whilst it's all the way down. 12,000. The very I last bought, one. I bought every dip and I met a buddy. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could do that too. Um, the last one is what's one piece of advice you could give to entrepreneurs who are starting now, uh, and just getting into the space. What's one thing you'd advise them on? I think that idea we talked about of focusing on decades, not days, mm-hmm. and then, and then breaking the decade all the way back to what are the, what are the things that I have to be productive on, on a daily basis, not productive on productive activity on on a daily basis that are, that I'm going to move forward daily that are going to add up to big shifts over the years and massive exponential shifts over the decades Mm -hmm. and focus on those things outsource as much of the other stuff as you can 
like even even with social media and my wife joining the team, like that's that's led to me being less burnt out. And it's still not enough. She's getting up to speed on all the admin stuff, and that's great. But now you're now you're just my admin person. I need you to be a COO. So she has to outsource all of the stuff she's doing today. Understand it, create the loom videos, create the checklists, outsource it to a virtual assistant. So anything that doesn't move the big ticket needle forward, outsource. Focus on what you, where you add the most value. And if you can focus every day on where you add the most value, shit is going to change insanely in five years. That's awesome. I love that. It's all about long-term over short-term. Yeah. Yeah. That was amazing. Thank you for that. Wow. Um, That was incredible. That was a solid, solid podcast. And for everyone listening right now, uh, you can find Clint over on, where are you? You're pretty much everywhere, aren't you? Yeah, I'm on, on almost everywhere. I'm either I am Clint Murphy is the main spot on Twitter, mm-hmm. Insta, TikTok, YouTube. And you can find me at thegrowth.guide. Boom. Love it. And thank you for listening.